Hello and welcome to night number two of 31 Nights of Frights, year three, the franchise. For night number one, we covered one of the big horror franchises, which was A Nightmare on Elm Street. I think it's time for night number two that we decide to go back to Camp Crystal Lake or go to Camp Crystal Lake for the first time with Sean S. Cunningham's 1980 classic, Friday the 13th. Friday the 13th tells the story of a camp that had a horrible tragedy in the 1950s and is now reopening in present day 1980. That terrible tragedy was a murdering of camp counselors as well as poor Jason Voorhees who drowned while his camp counselors were getting high, getting drunk, and having premarital sex. I don't know if that's all of what they were doing. However, Mrs. Voorhees does tell us that that's what they were doing, and they allowed poor Jason to drown. Well, whatever. We'll get into that a little bit later. Uh, either way, on paper, Friday the 13th is a perfectly fine slasher film. It was meant to capitalize on the success of Halloween, and this was Sean Cunningham's attempt to try to mimic that same success, which I would say he was successful. However, Sean Cunningham did it with a relatively small budget, and I believe it was made for only about $500,000, which, honestly, Halloween was not made for a lot of money either. So with that in mind, they're definitely in check with that. One of the things that it definitely rips off is the point of view looking at the counselors as well as the point of view kills. It's not used frequently, but it is used quite a bit here in the movie. And, well, I mean, it's something that's been ripped off many times over the years. I don't think Halloween was really the first one to do it with young Michael Myers at the beginning of Halloween. But it's definitely something that's been used a lot over the years. And... Most notably, the thing that I can think of it being in is soap operas. Soap operas really love those perspective shots just so they can surprise you if there's a murderer on the show at that time. But anyway, we're not talking about Halloween. We're not talking about soap operas. Just know that it does use that perspective shot a lot. And I think it uses it too much. In some ways, because I think in a lot of ways it actually ruins the surprise who the actual killer is in Friday the 13th. I'm hoping that if you are listening to this, you've already seen Friday the 13th. Because I am going to give a well-known spoiler away here. The fact that it's not Jason killing anybody. But instead, it's Jason's mom, Mrs. Voorhees. And... It's interesting because it seems like over time she's developed a split personality. So she's herself, and then she's also Jason. And apparently Jason has a murderous streak, or at least this personality of Jason has a murderous streak. Keep in mind, Jason is not really shown in this movie until the very end of the movie. And even then, I think it's just a dream sequence in itself. I believe it's a dream because of the fact that Jason, if he's still in the lake, he would be far more rotten and deteriorated by now. He would be a skeleton. 
So I think the last minute gotcha ending for this is nothing but a dream. However, it is very real to our final girl, Alice, played by Adrian King. But I don't know. I think the jump scare is well executed at the very end of the movie. However, I don't think it exactly works because they decide to continue on after. And while it's a cool what if when she's saying what about the boy and this and that i mean it's great that they include that i guess because it gives more question to whether you know jason is really around or not and i don't know it it just seems like the ending goes on a little bit too long and it impacts the jump scare ending that jump scare ending is up there with like the original carrie with uh putting the flowers by the grave and the hand coming up you're not really expecting it and I think it's kind of a blown opportunity for letting the ending run on way too long. But I think that whole split personality with Mrs. Voorhees and Jason is an interesting thing as a whole, specifically because it's almost like Psycho, but they reverse the roles of mother and son, uh, Norman and Norma Bates and Psycho. And the interesting thing about it is that a lot of the music for Friday the 13th actually rips off the Psycho theme. And if it's not quite the same thing, it sure is close. And I laughed about it originally when I was watching this with uh, Nicole, that it's weird that they would rip that off, but then remembering the twist with Mrs. Voorhees and Jason, well, then it all makes sense. And it's a really fascinating thing that they would choose Psycho as a inspiration behind Friday the 13th. Overall, all the acting is fine for a movie of this type. I don't think it goes into the somewhat better acting of Nightmare on Elm Street. However, I think it's good for what's presented here. This movie is notable for being one of Kevin Bacon's first films, if not his first film. So I think it's interesting that Nightmare on Elm Street was a launcher for Johnny Depp, and this here is a bit of a career launcher for Kevin Bacon. It's kind of neat that they both had successful careers and they got their starts in movies like this. This movie is known for being cut because of the MPAA, and honestly, it's not that bad as a whole. As far as all the violence and death and everything, it's actually not that bad. Sure, there's a big body count, but there's a lot of people killed off screen. I don't think the MPAA was really tough on it, but I guess they were trying to be tough on horror films and all the violence that was shown on screen. It's really not that bad overall, though. Even the throat slit, which I believe is the main reason for... Uh, a scene being cut because now the more common version is actually the uncut version where it full on shows the throat slit it's great work by Tom Savini overall as far as the different kills and even the way Jason looks himself however it doesn't look terribly real at the same time I guess back in the day the intensity of it it probably looked real but Honestly, you can see the blood pack on her throat when it's slit. So, while I mean it's good effects by Tom Savini, it also doesn't look terribly real, and I don't think the movie's that bad as far as being 
rated R. I think there's other films that are infinitely worse. Like I think there's, uh, I think the movie um, Sleepaway Camp is actually a little bit worse as far as its kills, and then even Sleepaway Camp Two is even more violent and such overall. But well, there is some bloodshed, but it's nothing that's too intense or too terrible in my opinion. I think A Nightmare on Elm Street actually had more blood and gore than what this one does. Overall, I think Friday the 13th, I think this one is actually another great franchise starter. And I know that they wanted to hurry up and make the next one as quickly as possible, which they made Friday the 13th Part 2 within a year of doing the first Friday the 13th pretty impressive to be able to get a script down in that amount of time i'll actually go ahead and cover that more probably on the next episode for friday the 13th of course tomorrow's episode is going to be a nightmare on elm street part two which might be a slight lengthy one but anyway it is interesting that they were able to get another movie up and off the ground But this is all part of Sean Cunningham's idea. All he wanted to do was make money. It's not like he was actually passionate about making this movie. And in a way, that kind of bothers me a little bit. Because I honestly get the feeling that Wes Craven was actually passionate about A Nightmare on Elm Street and his idea. And here I get the feeling that this one was made purely for money reasons, of course. Any movie or entertainment is made specifically for money reasons. But it's just that it wasn't done for a creativity or creative spark. And that kind of bothers me a little bit. But this is another one that I really can't see horror movies being what they are without Friday the 13th. Without A Nightmare on Elm Street or Friday the 13th. As far as these iconic villains, it's hard to think, you know, what would horror be like if we did not have these villains that we love to hate, even though I know Jason is not a part of this one, really. But again, this is truly essential. If you haven't seen it, definitely check it out. And with that being said, I'm going to close out tonight's episode. As a reminder, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Adam underscore analyzes. And if you don't do social media, you can drop me an email at adamanalyzespodcast at gmail.com. And also, if you have a free moment and you're enjoying the content, consider giving me a digital hug or what you would know as a five-star rating at the podcast listening platform of your choice. It'll allow me to reach a wider audience and help me continue making these episodes. Plus, again, I love the digital hugs. But with that being said, be kind and good night.